Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is the first episode of the Bento Box Gaming Podcast. Uh, I will be your host, Nicholas Takanakis. Some of you know me as Pepperoni-chan, uh, BB Pepperoni-chan. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some video games today. Uh, with me, I have my good friend, Jordan Malik. Go ahead and introduce yourself there, Jordan. Hello, uh, my name's Jordan. I will go by jmalo 5 but I'm fine with just you calling me Jordan as well. Cool. Uh, the jmalo 5 always makes me laugh. <laughs> I, it's it, a... I've had it for so long. I, I actually just started. I got an Xbox so I could play because not all games are cross play yet, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I got, so I picked up an Xbox so I could play some games with uh, some of my friends from school that have Xbox. And JML5 was already taken. I wasn't going to start like a new gamer tag. So I so I nah. so I got uniquely uh, the like the first ever fake JML5. Wonderful. So you're not only the real one, but the fake one. I'm both. Wonderful. So. <laughs> You're probably listening to this right now, probably a little confused because I know you probably know Bento Box as the uh, the Smash Ultimate tournament uh, organization in South Jersey. Um, but we're more than just that, and we're trying to dig a little bit more into uh, other facets of gaming because um, we're all huge fans of you know different types of games, uh, not just Smash. And um, just been looking for for other stuff to do. So uh, myself and Jordan got together. Uh, a few weeks ago, I guess I would say now, and started planning out uh, this podcast. So um, a little bit more background about me. Like I said, I am one of the co-owners of Bento Box Gaming, um, running uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournaments in South Jersey. Um, besides that, I haven't done much in terms of, uh, I want to say the industry. <laughs> the industry, <laughs> that kind of sounds pompous. <laughs> Um, I haven't really done much of else in like in, in terms of the gaming world besides just being a huge nerd and huge gamer myself. Because um, other than the games, I'm actually a full-time mechanic. So uh, a as, mechanic. As Twitter is. Yes, a mechanic. <laughs> um, so I've known. I think Jordan, you and I have known each other for I when guess, did a little place, over ten when, years now. Well. We really met when PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale came out. If you do, if you don't count that, because we went to the same grade school together, you knew like you knew Jamie since y'all y'all were in, in kindergarten together or whatever. Uh, but it's been since PlayStation All Stars, which has been how many years now? Maybe ten. Something like that. Something crazy. Yeah, I guess something like that. Because I know I've known Nick for like all of my life and i know i met you i think i met you through him or i don't know yeah, I don't remember, it, yeah no it's been a long time uh i remember the first time i was just playing uh all-stars battle royale which came out in 2012 i just looked it up yeah uh i was playing it by myself and then nick uh stefanici sent me a ps3 message being like hey do you want to play together and i was like yeah sure he's like oh do you want to hop on skype i was like what what's skype what's a skype what's a, no, what's a skype and <laughs> Oh my god! And it's crazy how Skype has really blown a like a, such a big lead with all this coronavirus stuff, like Zoom and Discord. Woo! But right, crazy. Um, but yes, that was 2012. We're now in 2020, so it'd be eight years of playing video games together. Yeah, yeah, that That's sounds crazy. about right. Um, but you mentioned the pandemic. Obviously, the pandemic's still going on. Didn't end, even though a lot of people are acting like it did. <laughs> uh, but now's been a great time to catch up on a lot of different video games. Oh my god, yeah. Um, 
I personally was digging into uh, Persona 5 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake. What have you been playing? Uh, I actually have been going through my backlog a little bit, other than I played The Last of Us, but I want to get your thoughts really? on that later. Uh, okay. But I finally, some for some reason, I just stopped playing uh, Uncharted Last Legacy halfway through. And it's a short game, too. Yeah, I don't know why I stopped. I guess maybe <laughs> maybe I started it during a break and then school picked up and I just forgot about it, but I'm like I'm getting back into that and I'm almost done. and once I'm done that, I'm going to hop into Assassin's Creed Origins, which I bought on sale and just never played. Uh nice. so I I got I'm working through my backlog, thankfully. Yeah, no same. Uh I went back to work full-time, but for the the little bit of time that I had all to myself, uh, I was trying to bang out as many games as I could. Um, I, I did see, and I wanna I wanna ask how it's been so far that you've started Death Stranding on PC. Yes. How's that uh, been? I wish all PS4 games could be on PC. And wh- and why honestly. is that? Um, and and the 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 reason that is is because that game looks absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. on my computer. So I don't know what it runs on the ps4 pro because that's what i played it on um but like i'm playing at max settings i have like 240 frames butter smooth like the game looks so much better so much cleaner i should say because it's like when you play it on console it's it's not that like the assets changed or anything because the assets are, are still pretty much the same yeah it's just that the the, the fidelity is so much nicer on PC, and they support ultra wide monitors, which I do have an ultra wide monitor. I have a 24 inch curved uh, gaming monitor, and like it's just the game is just fantastic on there. That's um, awesome. The game itself is very odd, <laughs> but like it's been great on the PC. I would honestly, if if Sony was like, hey, we're gonna put all of our PlayStation games on the computer, I would just straight play them on the computer. I think that's something that they're going to get into more because, like, at the end of the day, they're not competing with PC. They're not competing with Steam. They're competing with Xbox. Yeah. No, that's true. That's definitely true. So I'm probably going to get Horizon as well for the PC when that comes out next month. Yeah. Oh, my Oh my God. If there's any game that's on PlayStation I can play again for the first time, it's Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, my I God. I never played it. So what? I'm excited for that. Yeah, no, I never played it. Uh, it's it's one of... It, it might be my favorite exclusive of the generation. That's tough because obviously God of War, but that has more sentiment. Oh, that's tough. I, I yeah. get into a whole rabbit hole there. But Horizon Zero Dawn is the be- it's the best unique IP I've seen in a minute by far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned like your favorite of this generation because now, so obviously we know the the next generation of consoles is coming out. Um, we got the PS5 and the Xbox coming out sometime within the next, I guess, three months, four months. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. That's um, August. So yeah. both consoles are pretty much winding down. Um, I know they discontinued all the Xbox like consoles. I was so very we'll, surprised we'll, we'll by that. that. So early. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get in more of that later. Uh, but now that both consoles are kind of winding down, because we know they're going to support PlayStation for another couple of years. They already came out and said that. Or the PS4, rather. Um, but I guess now is like the perceived end of the PS4 life cycle. So like, it, it's weird thinking that because we just got two like huge, huge budget title games that just came out. Oh my God, uh, yeah. both Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, you you said you played Last of Us Two or Last of Us? I I played both actually. I replayed the first one before playing the okay. second one just so I could go in with like a refreshed memory. I gotcha. Um, did you did you enjoy Last of Us Two? Because I know there's a lot of like. 
there's a lot there's a lot of things swirling around with that game. A lot of a lot of voices. I think it is very it's the most moving video game I've played since probably the first Last of Us. It's really? it's not ha, have you played it by chance? I've only played the first one. I haven't played the second one. I didn't Okay. I'm actually I didn't want to play the second one because I don't want to be like looped into that angry mob. Mm-hmm. But I will be fully honest, I did uh, see a lot of the leaks. Oh, uh, I saw sucks. a lot of the leaked stuff. Um, and out of context, those leaks don't sound very good, right? They're, they're not. Uh, especially when trailer after trailer kind of came out and loosely confirmed a lot of what I already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to play the game. I think I'm going to borrow it from one of our friends because um, I do want to play it. Um, but Heck, you can borrow it from me if you want to just sit I might have to. Yeah, like I, I'm gonna loop back around to platinum it eventually, but I just I'm not in a grindy mood right now, so <laughs> Yeah. You know, I I definitely want to check it out because I want to give it a fair shake because like I so I, I guess we'll just kind of go head first into what all that was was about. Is just you know, there's a lot of people saying the game was hot garbage and like a zero out of a ten and just absolute junk. And then other people who are just giving the game ten out of tens and just like saying it's the best thing ever. And I feel like both sides of that are incorrect because I like I've seen other people play it and they're like, yeah, it's good. Like it's mm-hmm. graphically like the most impressive game they've played on the PS4 to date. It's very beautiful. Um, so like I don't feel I, I honestly thinking about it, I don't think I've seen or played a game rather in the last last couple genera like last two generations that like I would absolutely give like a goose egg zero. Yeah, I could find some not. redeeming quality, even like the worst game I've ever played. Well, I think the the biggest Last of Us has been by part two has been the most polarizing game maybe ever. I I cannot think of another game that has in been recent memory. This, yeah, definitely in recent memory. I I'd even go further than that. Just a game of this notoriety that's just been as zero or ten. Uh, yeah, and a majority of the people that are giving it zeros, I think, are people that didn't even play it as well. Because we saw it was getting uh, what's it? It was getting score bombed on or review bombed on Metacritic, and it was sitting at like a zero or was like a three, I think, for the for the uh for the user review score. And oh. it, it was getting so bad that Metacritic changed their whole user review policy that now they have to wait like 36 hours before uh, reviewing a new game. That's crazy. And I I just think that, that those leaks like really, really hurt that game so much because the game is all about pain and like suffering. And also, it is an awful time for this game to have been released because it's obviously like a really sucky world. Like, <laughs> you know, from everything politically, everything uh, regarding the coronavirus and just X, Y, Z. Yeah, imagine playing a game about the pandemic during a pandemic. Uh, yeah, like, and people want to be distracted from the world and yeah. like the, 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 just the darkness that's in the world. But The Last of Us is just so freaking dark. It, well, is, it is so dark. What's funny to me about that whole thing, so obviously with Metacritic, I think the change that they made because of this game has been a long time coming. I agree. Because, like, this hasn't been the first game to get review bombed for something. Yeah. And, and it still won't I mean, be the last, I'm sure. No. <laughs> because even, like, even though Metacritic changed their policy, I don't know if you've ever gone around the internet like when a game first comes out, but, like, 
there's so many obviously other platforms where you can give like a score or a review or something mm-hmm. and you'll just have people being like i didn't play the game it looks like shit or it's funny because like you'll go on like metacritic and you can see like a zero out of ten review and like the person like fat fingered it yeah because like you'll read the review and it's like this game's great and like oh, you gave it a zero out of ten i don't understand <laughs> like what's going on here um That's why I always kind of felt like numbers in general were just kind of stupid for video games. I feel like you should just kind of game review should more be a just a uh, I don't want to say like an op ed, but like a a, 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 no. I I think that's a very good way to say it is an op ed. I think the numbers are just so easy. Like I remember when The Last of Us came out, I wanted to go into it blind. Like I didn't have any leaks for me, but I still wanted to know like is it good? Is it bad? Like you know, it's I just want to know. So I would go what's straight good, to the what's bottom. Bad. Yeah, like I would just yeah. go straight to the bottom. I'd see like the number. I'd be like, okay, that's good. That's all I needed to see. Because <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but I've played some games that are like sevens and sixes that are pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't hate them. And maybe a little bit higher on the review scale for me. And there's other games that I've played that are like nines and tens that I'm like, that's not a nine or a ten. We're looking at you, Call sense. of Duty. What's a, or what, yeah. what was it? Uh, Pokemon... Uh... Omega Sapphire. Omega Sapphire. Yeah, too much water. The too much water. Yeah. That that got me so heated way back when. Um but I will say too there was a lot of people saying that like the people who or the reviewers that gave this game like 10 out of 10s only did so because they were paid. Um and not that I believe that reviewers are out there getting paid for games, right? They're not they're not getting paid for good reviews. However, I do believe that there is such a thing as the the companies blacklisting them mm-hmm. for giving a poor review. Yeah. Um, because one, it's, they've been caught in the past messaging like YouTubers and stuff who have reviewed a game lower and they're like, hey, you know, can you can you give this another shot? Um, and I, I'm not gonna fault Sony for that too, because that's just like a company thing. It is. Like, that's like a PR thing. I don't be, think Neil Druckmann yeah. was was pounding the fist like we gotta we gotta no. change their minds. You have, you know, people who review tech and they'll review tech. Like, they, they maybe were given, like, a cell yeah. phone from a company to review and they gave it a poor review. And they're like, well, fuck you. You're not going to get our stuff anymore. Um, so that's definitely a PR thing. But it also doesn't look good, especially in the situation surrounding that game. It um, doesn't, no. No. But, I don't know. I want to give it a chance. It's definitely not as bad as people are making it out to be. Yeah. But I, it's It's one of those things where if... It's I I'm try, I'm trying to avoid all spoilers possible, but yeah. there's just so many beautiful moments, uh, even if they're bad. Like the ending of the game is not at all how you would want it to end. Yeah. But god damn, did it like my heart just feel twisted? It was, mm-hmm. and especially like the very the very very last like s- shot, I I was just my heart was bleeding. It was mm-hmm. it was just beautiful, and it was very different from the first Last of Us. I think people missed the point, and they kind of forgot what the first Last of Us was all about. Like, yeah, Joel, well, I think people Joel damned humanity. <laughs> like, he yeah, yeah, really, Joel's a shitty character. He's the, he's the villain. <laughs> and I like, think everyone just forgot about that. Like, there was no guarantee. Now, spoilers, this game is how many years old now? Yeah, The Last, Last of Us of was PlayStation one. 3. Like, yeah. Like, I, I feel like most people have played it by now. You know, at the end when he, you know, decides, hey, I'm going to steal Ellie and they're not going to do what they got to do. Granted, how they were trying to procure a uh, a vaccine from her 
doesn't seem correct to me. I'm not a doctor, but it doesn't seem correct it doesn't to make me. Doesn't make sense. Um, and not that saying that she was the the be all end all definitely was going to give a a a vaccine for the situation at hand, but Joel was like, wait a minute, I'm not going to lose my daughter figure again. I'm going to steal her and run away. Like he was the bad guy at the end of that game. Like no yeah. matter like even though that game had like a happy quote unquote ending, he was you know he decided like fuck it. This one person is worth more than possibly getting a cure for all of humanity for this horrible thing that's happening to everybody. Yeah, I, I, I truly just can't. Because when it's from when it's been breathing for so long, we romanticize that relationship, and it's like it's yeah. this nice, beautiful thing of like, yes, this uh. They have this beautiful relationship, this father daughter type thing. Ellie's never had anyone. Joel has lost everyone. So it's like now they finally have each other. Yeah. But that's not at all what it actually was. It was like Joel damning humanity. Yeah. And like, yeah, they they make you feel bad because obviously, yes, he sees his daughter get murdered in cold blood in the first five seconds of The Last of Us 1. (laughs) But like, you know, it works. It it does what it's supposed to do. It makes you kind of. You know, you're going through the rest of the game with that in the back of your head, like, yeah, he's being an asshole right now, but he did just see his daughter get murdered. Maybe I would also do the same thing if I saw my daughter get murdered. And um, that, that's a whole big part of The Last of Us Part Two is just that yeah. rationale. When you understand where where a character is coming from, it makes so much more sense. Like you have seen the leaks, uh, so the the main thing that happens that launches the story, you get that whole rationale. You play through that other character's uh, like upbringing, what brings them to that moment. And mm-hmm. it like it, you get it like it yeah. sucks, but you get it. Yeah. It's, it, uh, I'll have to borrow from you. Uh, absolutely. Like I, I highly recommend it. And it's, there's just so many very beautiful moments, especially mm-hmm. there's a moment, uh, the main, just about the entire game takes place in Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's even like a little open world bit. It's very like Uncharted 4-like almost where it's like this, uh, like Madagascar, where it's like you're just dropped in this field, uh, this giant area and you can like kind of explore it, but you don't have to like. And mm-hmm. within the little nicks and crannies of downtown Seattle, there's a few like really, really beautiful scenes and beautiful dialogues. Yeah. So I hi- I I'll- highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll have to get that from you. And the good thing is, is that, I mean, even though we're on the cusp of the next generation of consoles coming out, the PS5 is backwards compatible. So I can always just load that up when I'm waiting for more PS5 games to come out. And it'll come with uh, an enhanced mode, apparently. Really? I might have to wait then. I, well, I, maybe I'll wait because oh, no, it, I'll, I'll see what the enhanced mode is. Like the if you put the PS4 disc in, it'll run better on PS5. Oh, I thought it was yeah. like a specific. OK, I got no, you. Yeah, no, no, there's not going to. Well, at least they haven't said if they're releasing like a PS5 version. I wouldn't yeah. doubt if they do, but the way the Xbox has been taking their stance on that, I don't see the PlayStation uh, PlayStation doing that or yeah. releasing a separate uh, copy. Well, like I, I said earlier, we do know that the PS4 is, is long from dead. Um, there was a interview, I want to say, was it Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday? Um, Jeff Keighley interviewed uh, the marketing head on the uh, the hands-on demo for the DualSense controller. Yes, God bless and... Jeff Keighley. He, he, he's, you know what's funny? He was a big gold mine of news this past week. Yeah. 
What's funny about Jeff Kelly? Have you ever seen the meme where it's like the dude shoving the guy into the locker, and it's like nerd, and then like the like the guy shoving the nerd into the locker is also listed as nerd, and it's like basically like nerds bullying each other. <laughs> I I don't like Jeff Keeley, but for no particular reason. But it's funny because I'm just like I'm like I'm a nerd, and I'm also being like ha nerd shoving him into the locker because that man does more for like games media. Oh I, I feel God. like right now than mostly anybody else in the scene, yeah, and I'd like. Agree. I just, I don't know. I can't help but not. I don't know if it's his delivery. I don't know what it is. It's because when like, we see him, we're reminded of Spike TV and G4. The, like, well, no, G, yeah, G4 I'm fine with. It's, it's the Spike TV. It's the Game Awards before the Game Awards where it was hosted by the guy who hosted Soup, Talk Soup. It was terrible. And they always had, they were the only uh, cable channel that would cover uh, E3. So when yeah. I when I would fake sick uh, as a kid, <laughs> like I couldn't like be on my computer, or my mom or dad, whoever was home, would be like, nope, no computer. You have to watch TV or whatever while they're doing work. Uh, and I was like, okay, um, you know, I'll just watch TV then. Uh, so I had to yeah, watch no, they had a... Spike TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that back in the day. Um, but yeah, no, there was a whole, I think it was like a 30 minute video where we'll, and we'll talk about the, uh, the dual sense controller further on. Um, but at, towards the end of the video, he and the marketing director, who I, his name escapes me right now, they're talking about, yeah, there's, there's still a ton of life in the PS4, which shouldn't be shocking really to anybody at this point, um, because at least for the PlayStation generations that I've been uh, in tune with, because you remember, I, I think my first like real modern gaming console was the 360, and I hopped off the 360 to get the PS3. So I've played the PS3 and the 4, and now I'll be getting a 5. Um, but if my memory serves me correct, they've always at least kept the previous system going for another couple of years. They have, um, yeah. Not only with production, but with, with games as well. And I think we're seeing that too um, with new games that are being announced because I'm pretty sure most of the games that have been announced over the past couple of months, unless they specifically say they're for the Xbox Series X or the PS5, are cross-play, or cross um, generation. So like, bug snacks. Both PS4 and PS5, <laughs> thank God. Um, Far Cry 6 is... It, it's not been confirmed for PS5 yet, but, I mean, that game is obviously going to come to PS5, but that's been, been confirmed for both the one, the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X. It's just better on Series X. Um, so there's been a plethora of games that have been announced that are still able to be played on the old and the new. I think Watch Dogs uh, Legion is one of those as well. Um... So yeah, I didn't expect like the PS5 to come out and then just shut that light switch off and be like done with it. No, um, but absolutely. I guess the question is, do you think we're gonna get like new AAA like titles from first-party studios from Sony, or do you think they're gonna shift all the way to PS5 and just be done with that system altogether? I think one thing that's really important to remember is that the PS4 released on November fifteenth, two thousand thirteen. The Last of Us Part 1 came out in June June of 2013. So I think that there's still going to be one big uh, AAA title, uh, exclusive yeah. AAA title that hits the PS4. We don't know what it is. We might not know what it is yet, but I think they still have one more that they're going to throw at it. It might just be from a st smaller studio. like Because I remember at the time uh, when Last of Us was kind of announced, it wasn't like... It, it, got, it got swept under. It was uh, swept by the current and just, like, kind of slept on, at least I felt, before release. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that there'll... I have to imagine history will repeat itself with that. 
Um, and maybe it is just uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us Part Two, because I mean we're now in July, and that's kind mm-hmm. of actually equitable. Where it was June in 2013, and then a November release, and now we're at July with Ghost of Tsushima in 2013. But they still supported the PS3 for a while. That's the whole yeah. point I'm trying to make. Um, but I'm concerned whether or not, or not concerned, but I'm curious whether or not they take the same route as the Series X. Whereas, like, maybe, you know, some of these games are still playable on the PS4, but maybe better on PS5. Or if they're just going to cut it and just be like, nope, whatever new games we make, purely PS5. Because they do, they, they, their philosophy for the longest time has been that break in generations. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that they'll just say, nah. Well, they have, a, yeah. they have said uh, to, they've sent out to like whatever game developers and anything, any uh, PS5 game or any PS4 game that is submitted uh, from July 13th. So like this is active already. So any, yeah. any new PS4 game has to be cross-gen and work on PS5 as well. Okay. Um, I like that. That's good. And no, uh, it really is. It's just nice that it'll be able to, you just put the disc in and you get to play. And that's, it's just easier. It, and it's good that they're leaning into the backwards compatibility. Yeah, I feel like that was the biggest misstep with the PS4. Obviously, emulation for PS3 has been like a shit show, at least for the beginning of the PS4's life cycle. Like, nobody could really figure out how to properly emulate the uh, the cell processor that they use in the PS3. Um, but I'm I'm excited for PS5. I know we didn't watch the uh, the event together. Um, I assume you're most excited for Ratchet and Clank. Yes, I I was I it's just a place Ratchet and Clank's my favorite game. It's one of two games that I remember playing as like a very small child. It was that and uh-huh. Super Mario 64. Okay, yeah. So I'm it, it's always in a in a soft spot on my heart, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. I'm a uh, Actually, you want to take a guess at what I'm most excited for? Most excited for from that from it, that that we were shown from that that uh presser. Yeah, it's not Spider-Man. Oh, it is Spider-Man. Okay, that's 100% a... Spider-Man. Oh, I'm so excited for Miles Morales. Spider-Man on the PS4 is my is my all-time favorite PS4 game that has come out to date. It's it's magnificent. Um I think it's the best thing they've put out so far. Mind you, I haven't played their newest two big titles. I actually don't feel like playing Ghost of Tsushima anyway. Um <laughs> but uh Spider-Man Miles Morales, I think, is going to be just crazy. It's going to be sick. I'm so excited for it. It's just um, going to be better in every way. I'm. I will be yeah. really excited to see how fast you can actually like, uh, you can swing and like web across the city now with that SSD. Mm-hmm. It, it, oh yeah. Fast travel was useless before. I actually, when I went through to Platinum Spider-Man, literally the first times I was fast traveling was when I had to get the fast travel five times trophy. I hadn't fast traveled <laughs> once before that. It was it was pointless. Spider Man, I want to swing. It was more fun to swing through the city than it was to fast travel. Yeah, it it was it was it was equitable in the amount of time, and it was just it was so much fun. Oh yeah, um, but what I'm most excited for too is to try out those games with that new controller. Yeah. Um, we so I don't know if you've ever gone back and used the DualShock Three after using the DualShock Four. <laughs> 
DualShock 3 is trash. Yeah, it's not good. Straight garbage. Um, I like the, the DualShock 4. I do recognize that there are improvements that could have been made on that controller. It still mm-hmm. kind of feels cheaply made. Not as bad as the PS3. Yeah, no. Um, and I also hate the light bar. Yeah, um, agreed. But uh, the DualSense controller, I'm actually really excited for, for multiple reasons. Um, but did you watch the uh, Jeff Keighley's hands-on with it? I did, and but I want you to go first into uh, what you're like most excited for. I want to hear that. So it's funny because like so they they now have they put haptic feedback in, uh, much like the Nintendo Switch Joy Cons, and I don't know like I I'm curious to see if that's going to be better on the PS5 than it is like the Nintendo Switch because like I don't know I don't I haven't really gotten too much dynamic vibration out of the uh, Joy Cons. Yeah, I agree. Um. But what I'm most excited for are the uh, the triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was talking about how you can program the tension on the uh, on the triggers, yes, that sir. I think is going to be incredible. I um, I can't imagine what it's going to feel like playing Horizon. Uh, what's it? Horizon Zero Dawn Two. I forget the title. Yeah. Of it. Uh, 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 Forgotten yeah. Wilds. <laughs> Some, so, yeah, something like that. Uh, Some shit like that. I can't wait for that first time i pull the bow back with aloy and just feeling it tense up in my finger oh makes me all excited that i'm super excited about because i'm wondering how like different companies are going to use that because like i'm wondering if you can kind of now start because obviously there's like a pressure thing for bow and arrows but like i'm wondering if like if you're playing like call of duty or something right like can you maybe like meter you know, like you get your finger ready and like you can there's more of a, a one-to-one connection between you and the actual game's gun, other than before you'd have all these like kind of dead zones before. Like I yeah. feel like you have like a minute not a minute, like a like a couple milliseconds of like dead zone between you pressing the trigger and the gun actually shooting. But with this re, uh, the adaptive triggers that they have now, I'm I'm really excited to see how that works and I hope it works well. I, I... I think it's just going to be a nice touch overall for like certain games. Like Call of Duty comes to mind. I think people are going to complain about that. They're going to bitch and moan, be like, "Oh, oh yeah. like they'll they'll find anything to complain about though." But mm-hmm. I I will be excited for whatever game does it first to where like there's actual weight behind pulling the trigger, like yeah. where it's like you have to squeeze the trigger to to shoot the gun because like that's that's like how it is like. Gun triggers don't shoot as easily as <laughs> that's, pulling that's a trigger. That's how guns work in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll be excited to kind of see whatever game does that first, whether it be Hitman or whatever game. Yeah. Uh, that, there's just so many little nuances that is going to further immersion that I'm very excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also excited that the light bar is not as prominently featured on this controller yes i i actually like a lot in the new control in the new line of ps4 controllers how there's like the little sliver in the touch bar yeah i like that a lot i still hate the fucking big you know the big honking light the big honking light on the on the back of it but i i really like how it's nice discreet it's very nice it's classy uh (laughs) it's super classy um (laughs) The other thing that they showed off in the video too is the uh, they're bringing the speaker back again in the controller, 
And that was a feature I think I used for all of 30 minutes on my PlayStation when it first came out, my PS4. I think it's a very um, underrated when it's used right, but there's very few games that use it right. So the only games that I feel really use it a lot right, and I forget what game I was playing, but like the games where like you can pick up like uh, like codecs or something, and you can listen to the recording. Uh, Metal on Gear the, Solid. Like that's cool. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid does that. Yeah. I think that's really cool, and I really think that adds to to the game. But then, like, there's other times where I was playing other games. But, like, I think I was use, I was playing Resogun a shit ton when the PS4 first came out. Yeah. And like, just random sounds were coming out of there, and I was like, this is just kind of annoying. It didn't make I sense. Like it wasn't purposeful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like they were using it because it almost felt like Sony was like, "Hey, you have to use it if you want to make this a launch title." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, and Ratchet and Clank was actually in the same way where I think the only times the the speaker in the in the thing is used is when your uh, you your gun upgrades where you get this like this like this weird like morphe sci fi sound, you know? Yeah, and did Mister Zircon talk through the controller only, or did he talk through the controller and the TV? I think it was controller and TV. Um, like that's cool. Yes, but. I think uh, Madden doesn't do it, but MLB The Show does this, where the umpires and, like, the various, uh, like, other voices on the field come through the speaker uh, on the controller as well. And I think that's one of, again, like, the best uses of it. Like, it's yeah, such that, a see, nice cool. little touch. Um, I'm just excited to get my hands on the thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember when the PS4 was first coming out, uh, Nick and I were able to find like they for whatever reason re- released the controller like a, like a week or so ahead of time they did so like you're we just right. had like ps we just had ps4 controllers just sitting in our room being like all right now what um <laughs> so i'm i'm excited to see if that happens once again um but we've yet to even get a release date for the thing yet i i did so. see it's I think the big thing is that they don't know where their production is. They've actually just upped, like, they've doubled what they expect to have yeah. in inventory, which is very good. Like, they're expecting originally to have three million on release. Now they're up to six million, which is much, much which is better. crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Um, I, it'll be it'll be surprising if they're able to move like that many. I, how many did the PS4 sell? On, on launch. launch yeah uh let's see here let's see ps4 launch so sales. saying like two two million uh across north america uh with wow. launch so if they're if they're trying to have six million i think that says a lot it's doable too i think the the PS4 really did a lot for them in terms of like making their brand better because I don't know if you remember the PS3 was a shit show. Oh yeah. So I think the PS4 really turned them around as a brand. So I think that's you know it sounds like a lot like six million, but like I really do feel like that's you know in the realm of reason. Yeah. Uh, for that. Yeah. The the launch of PS3 was so bad that like you saw like in the middle where they kind of had this whole new like they had this whole new story arc basically a whole new character development where it was power for the players they had yeah. oh my god who was the the commercial oh uh, yeah the, the vice president oh. of and his title kept changing yeah but they had all these really cool mascots they were very strong they were very friendly and gamer oriented and then that carried into PS4 with i will never ever forget 
the this is how you share games on PS4. They just hand oh, them, yeah. they just hand the case just, back and go. forth. And they've they've carried that out and Microsoft is trying to sweep under them with that. And PlayStation is kind of in this weird spot, I think, right now, where it's like they're trying to stay up above it, but like they don't wanna they don't wanna become like snobby like they were with the PS3. Cause that that's yeah. what caused it. They they assumed because the PS2 was so popular. It was like, all right, we'll release this fancy schmancy seven hundred dollar console and people will eat it up because they love the PS2. And that was dead wrong. Well, I think right now, coming off of this generation, right? So PS like PlayStation started this generation on a very high note and I would say didn't fall off of it. Right. I feel like the PS4 has been a constant, like positive thing for them. The only, the lowest point they've probably had was everything with crossplay. Yeah. But and, even then, like they've, they folded on that. Yeah. Like that, like the fact that that's the lowest they ever got was like, yeah, that, that's pretty dang impressive. Because I don't know if you remember way back when the Xbox One was first announced. And a lot of, like, the jokey stuff that PS like Sony did with the play, uh, PlayStation 4 mm -hmm. was a direct response to all the stupid shit that Xbox was doing. Yes, sir. Because I, I don't know if you remember, they were like, oh, you're going to have, like, digital discs. Or not digital. Yeah, you're going to have check-ins for physical discs. And, like, you're going to have to check-in every so often. Um, you know, the Xbox was more like a it, media center. It was always online too. If you were if you were not connected to the internet, you could not play it whatsoever. That was a big yeah. thing. Like you couldn't share games either. Like I couldn't let you borrow a game because I think the games were were going to be like hard coded to like my account, even they though were, it was like a yeah. physical game. Because they were trying to get rid of um, like re like uh, use game retail, um. And a lot of it was just done very poorly. The thing was $100 more expensive than the PlayStation 4. And while I will say Sony did not have the most engaging launch window games and launch day games for the PS4, um, the Xbox really had nothing yeah. going for it from what I remember. You know, you had Rise, Son of Rome, which was a joke. <laughs> um, you know, you had... The third-party support, which was the same for both systems, I feel Obviously, like I don't, yeah. I don't think there was a lot. Um, actually, let me look up real quick Xbox One because I'm like it's so forgettable. Um, launch titles. Here, Here we go. I can go through the uh, PS4 ones while you. Oh, I forgot. Dead Rising Three was one. You're right. It was. And that was not that good. Uh, Forza Motorsport Five, which that's a good game. I like Forza Motorsport. Killer Instinct was a launch title. Which that fell off hard. Zoo Tycoon. <laughs> like, I think the most exciting thing on this list is probably either Dead Rising 3 or Forza. Yeah. And, like, at least the size of IP for them is probably Forza's the biggest. Yeah. And then from PlayStation, you had, as far as first party goes, you had the, the, the game of the year contender, Knack. Oh, you, yeah. Knack. And then you had Knack was fun though. I, it was. Listen. Except for the except for the broken trophy, which is the only reason I can't have a platinum on it, which still irks me to this day. There's a broken trophy. The game trophy. wasn't terrible. It was a tech demo and it served its purpose. <laughs> and that was it. 
Yeah, you're hundred percent right. It was just meant to show off the particles of Nax, and it was it was it was cool. It was, where they where they went too far was Nax too. That yeah. was too much. We didn't need a Nax too. We did not. No. But then, other than that, they had Rezogun and then Killzone Shadowfall, which that was pretty good. I liked Killzone Shadowfall. It wasn't the strongest entry into the Killzone series, um, but very good. Yeah, it was still, and the um, the online was pretty fun until the hackers got a hold of it. Yeah. So. Uh, what's interesting now, so now we're, we're you know, at, at the end of this generation, we're gearing up for the next generation. Um, PlayStation has already touted some release, uh, release day games, uh, such as Spider-Man, which is a huge one, I feel. I think that's, like, one of their biggest. Yeah, um, absolutely. They haven't shown off all of the games yet, they said, but there will be more on launch. Um, Xbox, however, is taking a different uh, approach to it, and I don't know if you've looked into it at all. But not only will they not have uh, Series X exclusives uh, for launch day, but they're talking about you probably won't have a Series X exclusive for the next couple of years. And I think that's strange, but also kind of makes sense for them. How do you feel about that? That a couple of years is really weird because it's like, why, why make the jump then? So... To understand that, I think you got to understand what Xbox is really trying to do. And that's, they're not trying to sell consoles. They're trying to sell the platform of Xbox. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing a good job with that in the last year or so, uh, especially with Game Pass. Game Pass, if you haven't looked into it, is probably one of the best that's a deep, services yeah. you can buy right now, um, especially with the addition to the uh, the xCloud stuff. Um, I per- I have Game Pass Ultimate. And it's it's great because you just get access to all these games, no matter if you're playing them on the Xbox or the PC. So I've gotten like, you know, I, I've played games through the PC because like I played like Minecraft Dungeons when that came out on the PC. Um, I get the Master Chief collection on PC because of that. Um, so Phil Spencer put out a blog post and one of the, the things that I snipped out was like, like I said, no exclusives for a couple of years. And that's because like. I think they're putting out the next Xboxes not to be a generational leap because while it is a leap, it seems like there's a little bit more in the current and in, in the Xboxes that are coming out, so they last a bit longer. Um, but it seems like they more so just want you to have a machine to play Xbox on. So whether it be your PC, whether it be an Xbox console, hell, even with XCloud coming out, it can. I think it could be like phones and tablets too. And I think that's the the approach that they're taking. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really interesting going into the next gen is like you don't have to buy an Xbox Series X to play all the newest games. And with that mindset, it's like they can they can release the Series X next week and be like and be fine because there's nothing coming out that's specific to the Series X. And I think that's an interesting way for them to tackle this. Because it's like they're not really going for sales. They're just going for service. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to pan out for them. It it sounds like it's just one big gamble to me. It does. That's the vibe that I'm getting is that they're hoping to get these subscriptions and then cash in on them at a later date. Like they're just trying to get people in the door and then sell them the next console or whatever because – this has actually been a huge thing in all of video games. It's like how, like how are they making money? Like games yeah. cost so much to make X, Y, Z, and it's like that's the whole big thing with Game Pass. Where like I look at Game Pass and I 
truly baffled by how Xbox is making money off of Game Pass. Like, I understand that, like, after a game goes on a Game Pass, there tends to be, like, a rise in its sales. Like, that makes sense mm-hmm. to me because, like, you only had, like, if I doubt that a majority of, like, the, the user base constantly has Game Pass. They probably get it for a month here, a month there. And yeah. then if they really like a game, they'll buy it. That makes sense to me. I But I just can't imagine that they're able to turn this in to some big, uh, like, profit profitable thing. That's where my, like, I'm just, maybe I'm just lacking the creativity to see it. Yeah, from a business standpoint, I definitely don't understand how it works because it's 15 bucks a month. And, like, you have big name games coming out the same date as their actual release. Like, I got the, the latest Forza the same day on Game Pass. Like, Horizon, I think it was Horizon 2, Horizon 3, yeah. whatever, whatever Horizon they're on now. That came out the same day on Game Pass as it did uh, physically. Same thing with uh, the newest Gears. Um, same thing with a lot of games. And I don't know. It's weird. I don't know how that all works. I don't know if maybe they get money for how many people install the game. Like, is it like an install-based thing? Or is it like a flat... Th- I, I don't know. It's It's weird. But it's working for them. Yeah, and... Um, One big thing that that's kind of making me wonder the most is that that fifteen dollar price point because that's what Netflix is at, uh, Hulu's at like the same area. Obviously, with Hulu, there's like various different plans. Uh, like you could go mm-hmm. ad free or you get Hulu Live, which is crazy, much more expensive. But <laughs> a lot a lot of these streaming services for movies and TV are at that fifteen dollar price point, and yeah. And or even AMC, where uh, they have the AMC stubs, where it's ten dollars a month, and you get to go to unlimited movies. Uh, I yeah, I loved I loved that before coronavirus uh, shut all the movie <laughs> theaters down. But like, video games are just they take a lot more time. They're like for the most part, they're right on par with expenses. I mean, it's just that it takes so much longer because. Well, I was going to say, like, there's a lot of modern video games that have the same budget, maybe more budget than some movies that come out. Yeah, and so maybe it's not that far off. But again, Netflix, for the most part, they aren't paying, they aren't funding a majority of the movies. Now they're getting more into it. But yeah. originally, they were, they didn't even have to front that cost of, it's not like Peacock, for instance, where Universal Studios, they fund the movie and then it goes, to, well, now it goes to Peacock. Um, yeah. So it's very, it's, it's like, it's, the numbers are boggling my head. The numbers are weird, but like I said, it, it's definitely working for them. And what's weirder is um, there's a lot of stuff actually going on in the world of Xbox this coming week and over mm-hmm. this past week as well. So they discontinued the One X, the One S All Digital Edition, um, which I think was the only way you could get the One S. I don't know if they still made the disc-based One S. Um, and they also discontinued the 12-month gold subscription, which mm-hmm. is weird. Yeah, that is weird. So... Um, coming up this week on the 23rd, we have their their next uh, showcase where they promise to show off basically all games and like no business stuff, which is weird that they say no business stuff because showing off the games is business <laughs> stuff. Because I guess they mean no the... no numbers or no profits, whatever. 
Yeah, which is good. Like, I don't, I, I hated whenever there was like a press conference and they're like, "Hey, this is what we've been doing." I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, <the laughs> share that, save that for the investors. Like this, this is this is a show for the gamers. Um, so, you know, it could be a very real possibility that next week or so that we see that there's only one pricing plan for the Xbox, where you that 15 bucks a month, you get gold, you get X Cloud, you get Game Pass. Um, and then the possible rumored announcement of the cheaper Series X, which would make sense because, again, we're talking about how Microsoft isn't really trying to sell the console as much as they're trying to sell the brand. So, you know, especially with xCloud, if you made an all-digital Series X that, you know, played the games as good as the Series X and just kind of skipped on some of the features, um, you know, that'd be a good, good foot in the door for people, you know, especially they just... Like I said, discontinued the Xbox One X. There's no need for the One X anymore if you bring out a cheaper Series X that aligns the price points uh, a bit more closer. So Absolutely. I don't know. They're just business-wise, they're in a, a very odd position, in my opinion. I am looking. I I decided to look up their quarterly reports, and this was from the. This is Microsoft uh, fiscal year 20 Q3. And uh-huh. the the Microsoft division, Microsoft content and services revenue growth, they've been very like hot or cold. So like nineteen Q three, they had a twenty a twelve to fifteen percent growth, then uh three to one percent for Q four, zero to one for uh Q one, and then uh eleven to nine percent, which is again like that's that's a good one, and then uh for Q two, and then Q three back to two percent. So it's either uh-huh. they have this big spike or they just barely, you know, they barely nudge forward, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd li- I um, might have to look more into the history and, like, try and find more information on this. Hmm. Yeah, no, like I said, it's it's definitely... Uh, they've always not made money with their Xbox division. I remember that yeah. always being a talking point. Um but it seems like they're they're dumping all of their money into Game Pass and XCloud so much so that they shut down Mixer uh, a month or so ago. I don't know if you remember that or heard about that, but Mixer was shut down because it seems yeah. like they're trying to put all of their money into uh, their online services. So, I don't know. They're in a weird position. Like I said, they they have a lot to prove, I think, in terms of their brand. Because they kind of they 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 were in the position that Sony's in now, with the 360, where like the 360 was the dominant force towards the end of last generation, and I feel like they came out of the gate really just kind of like, hey, fuck you, we can do whatever we want. We're Xbox, and you're gonna buy this shit anyway. Yeah. And Sony properly capitalized on that and stole a lot of their player base because you know their system was basically you know it's not that the the PS4 was necessarily a better system because on paper the PS4 underperforms the performance than any Xbox system. Yeah. Um it's just that they did things correctly. They they did the things that were assumed a company should do, whereas Microsoft did things that people were like, hey, that's not cool. Um it, it really like was Yeah, it really was like like you didn't even need to explain that these were bad things. It's like, no. it's like, oh, like I'm supposed to take the bread out of the oven at some point. Like, why didn't you tell it's, me? You tell me to put it in. Like you didn't you, tell me to take it out. 
it's like you and a coworker, right? And your coworkers is really shit at their job, and you do your job exactly how you're supposed to do, but it makes you look so much better because your coworker's so shitty. Yeah, that like you're just doing your normal thing, but it makes it look like you're going above and beyond because the person you're being compared to is just, you know, just fucking up. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss. That's yeah. that's perfect. Just... <laughs> so, um but what's even um more concerning about that uh the game pass and all the pricing and stuff like yeah it's 15 dollars now but that could go up in the future um mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember a month or so back i think i don't know if it was a month or so or a week or so whatever tom is so fucked up right now i don't know when anything ever was that's facts i i still feel like it's march and it's almost the end of january or july <laughs> simon said january um uh ea or not ea 2k announced that um 2k was it 21 20 whatever the newest basketball game coming out this year uh, was going to be ten dollars more expensive on next gen Uh um and then you actually shared this article with me which i thought was interesting and i do have a lot to say about it in terms of you know what they're talking about I want to give this shout, uh, article a shout out. I think it's a very good read. It's just, it's very, it makes me, it made me think. It's a rising game prices is inevitable and ultimately good for gamers by Jeremy Peel. It's on Games Radar. And mm-hmm. It was, it was a pretty. I thought it was a pretty good read. So go, go and read it if you haven't, if you haven't just already stumbled upon it already. But I, I would, I would call it a required reading. After, after reading it, how did you feel about what uh, Jeremy had to say about the rise in game prices? Like the initial, the initial, the whole thesis of it is that it's good for gamers, and that immediately was like, no, there's no way that it can be good for gamers. But then it was really, it came down to it will lead into higher quality and just better, it just better games altogether. There's been a huge talking point and. Uh, Jason Schreier has been pushing this a lot right lately. And actually, I think the article even cites Jason Schreier with this is that he said games are too long. And that got a, that was a real, you know, that was a match onto the whole conversation. That was just became a very energetic or passionate discussion of whether games are too long or not. And I don't know mm. if I necessarily agree with that or disagree with it. I will say the last of us part two. I thought like, it felt like at the end, like, come on, just feel, it feels like it should have ended like seven times already. Um, so that may have been a game that was indeed too long, but I can't think of many other games that have really like kind of dragged on like that. Like God of war, that's a long game, but at no point was I ever like, Oh, let's get it over with or Spider-Man so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But the length of the games do make them more expensive, which is something that he kind of goes into. And I think it's, it's just hard for me to justify the extra $10 ending up being good for gamers in the long run, though. He's probably right. It's just like the, Mm -hmm. the broke, the broke bitch in me feels like unable to just like agree with that. So I understand where they're coming from. Right. So Obviously, games are getting more and more expensive. I think the budget for Last of Us Two was like eighty million. That sounds and good. you know that's that's game development, that's advertising, that's everything. Yeah. So my thing is, 
I think the problem in the in the last couple of generations, a lot of the, actually, I'll I'll put the blame on with is Sony, because their games have been getting just bigger and bigger and bigger, and I think it's gotten to the point where like I don't know if we need these huge games all the time, right? Like I can, yeah. th- there's so many other games that I've played that I either spent no money on and spend a lot of time with. Or, you know, I, I just think while it's nice to have like these 40, 50 hour, 60 hour games that are fun and engaging, I don't think they all have to be that. And the problem is it's 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 almost like they've gotten to like an all or nothing mentality with the games because all of Sony's first party games play like movies. Yeah, no, that that's a very fair thing, because even like God of War, Spider-Man, not as much. But God of no, War yeah, not and Spider-Man. The Last of Us, they had these long cut scenes. There was, I remember right after I had just started The Last of Us Part 2, I, I had my girlfriend Grace. I had her watch the cut scenes. And, you know, I had her watch like 15 minutes and she was like, all right, what, like, it, it, this is all just cut scenes? Like, what do you play? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, um, you're actually, not wrong. I just looked up, um, oh, that they paid that much money for the studio. I'm trying to figure out how much the budget was for Insom- for the Insomniac Spider-Man game. Uh, they paid $229 million for the studio. Uh, I thought that tell me they spent on the game for a second. I was like, whoa, that's too expensive. <laughs> um, but, like, a lot of where this cost comes in, obviously, is, you know, the mo-capping and, you know, just the days of filming. Because like, a lot of these games nowadays, it, it's not just like, oh, they're, they're, you know, programming a game and that's it. There's like actual like set days, like you're like you're filming a, a movie. And that's like what's making this so expensive. But like I would argue the fact that not every game has to be a triple A gigantic theatrical performance. I would argue that, you know, it's okay if, you know, Sucker Punch puts out something that's, you know, maybe not necessarily triple A, because maybe you could make more money on that to then fund the larger games. You know what I mean? This actually bringing up Spider-Man kind of sent me on a little train as well. I I completely see what you're saying, but I also think that Sony might be trying to cut costs by having this new shared like PlayStation Studios. Like Insomniac uh-huh. spent so much money building the world of uh, of the original Spider-Man, but now mm-hmm. they have saved so much money for Miles Morales. Oh yeah, because that game is basically just a tweaked, improved version of spider-man ps4 yeah like, obviously there's still gonna be a lot of money put into it but i would argue because it's gonna be a shorter game too but i would argue that the amount of money that they're dumping into that pales in comparison to how much they spent on the original one i'd say it'd be around like 30 30 to 50 million like yeah uh on miles morales which is that's saving so much money that's that could literally be a hundred million dollars saved yeah for sure um so i don't know i think the problem started arising, like I said, towards the end of the PlayStation 3 generation, where, like, I don't think... I mean, I, I like the games, right? Don't get me wrong. I just don't think every game needs to be, like, this gigantic yeah. blockbuster, you know, oh my, yeah. thing. When, when you first said that, I immediately thought I probably have around, like, 100 hours put into Rocket League that I literally have never paid for. Exactly. I think, actually, let me look up right here. Uh, I have can't see the time i've put into this on here i don't think uh, oh yeah here we go 
I've played a hundred hours of Apex Legends, and that was a game I paid nothing to download. Uh, it, when Fortnite was in its prime, I also had a hundred uh, hundred hours in it. That was two years ago. Oh my God, two yeah. years ago. I had a hundred hours plus on that. And again, that was a game I didn't spend a single dollar on. I didn't buy any. Actually, no, I spent $10 on it once for the battle pass. And then like, I would just keep recycling. Like, cause you, mm -hmm. they give you, they give you the ability to like buy the next battle pass just from the coins that you get in the battle pass that you buy, uh, that you buy the first time. So mm -hmm. I never even needed to spend more money on it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously the, the rising in prices is, is going to happen. And actually, if you look back historically, games have always like game, like back during like the Super Nintendo Genesis era, like games were like 60 to $70 then for the software. It's just the inflation. And that like, or, what's or that? You, was that like what it was priced then? Or was, is it now like adjusting for inflation? No, like they have like magazine clippings where like games were like fifty, sixty, seventy dollars depending on what game it was. Oh my god, I never knew and that. Like I said, that was in the nineties, you know. So you can imagine, you know, that's wow. thirty years ago now. That and game prices hasn't really changed. That's really crazy. The only thing that's changed is that it's been so, so fixated because you made yeah. like it sounds like from those clippings that there was like some good amount of variety. So, like, you know, you get games that used to be, like, a four- to six-month development cycle. I think they made, like, all of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in, like, six months. Whereas now you have these game, de like, development cycles that are decades. Yeah. You know, like, some of these games are, are, are in development for over ten years. I think, um, what game was it that recently Last came Guardian out? was, like, a ten-year. Well, yeah, Last, Last Guardian was in development hell for years. The FF7 remake was in development for about five or six years. Yeah. You know, some of these games are just in development for a very long time. Last of Us 2, I think that was... When was that announced? Was that announced, like, the first year of the PS4? Oh my God, and that we just that? got it? No, I think that was with Final Fantasy 7, was it not? Let me see. Was it the same, was it the same conference? I'm trying to remember. Well, whatever it might be. Is that you know a lot of these games are now in development for for years and like just that years of time dumped into one game, you know. It was December third, twenty sixteen. Uh, sorry to yeah, cut so, you off. So no, you're fine. That was just when it was revealed too. So it probably yeah. started in like twenty fourteen. Yeah, I would assume they started working on that shortly after they finished the first game. Yeah, that's probably right. I would assume that. Um, cause you've got to remember too, they were at the same time they were developing uncharted four cause uncharted four came out like the first year of the PS4. It did, so not yeah. only did you have the studio making uncharted four, but you also had them in the pre-planning stages of the last of us. So like you have these two huge blockbuster games. So I don't know. I, it's expected. It sucks obviously. Cause like you said, the frugal person in you doesn't want to pay that much money. If that's the case, like I understand that. I would just like maybe going into this next generation, be more picky about what you buy and what you I'll wait have, for. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I know I have like four or five games now that I bought and just haven't touched. I will never condone. I see this all the time. I will never condone the people that pirate and steal games just be out of protest for their price. That that's too oh, far. Yeah. Too far. That's too much. 
Yeah, that is like too much. I I will always ration and uh, you know, I haven't been I haven't bought a game in a minute like uh I just now got a a part-time job um since since I graduated and I was kept telling myself I'm not buying Animal Crossing or anything else until I get my first paycheck. So that first paycheck yeah. is then going to go to Animal Crossing. So I just need to be responsible. That's all it is. And that's like the smart thing to do too. Yeah. Cuz then you you don't end up with all these games. That's so true. I don't end up with the awful backlog that I already have. Exactly. Um, and you get to save more money because maybe, you know, the game falls off. And you're like, oh, whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll play it again sometime. Yeah, that's actually where I am right now with Ghost of Tsushima. I'm kind of waiting to see. I'm actually waiting to see if the if if the collector's edition happens, the if everything with that happens the same way it did with God of War. Or like a few uh-huh. months after God of War, that collector's edition was sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. It was from sixty to ninety. So like I got it that for super cheap. So I'm seeing like mm-hmm. you know if I can get like because I don't want to pay like all that for Ghost of Tsushima when I'm not like that crazy about like I love I love uh, feudalism Japan and all that. So I'm very I'm very excited for the game, but I just don't know if I'm willing to shell out like the three hundred dollars or two hundred dollars for a special edition. Exactly. Especially when there's so many other things I gotta finish right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. I think because I, I haven't really announced most pricings for games yet, and any pricings right now is is I guess placeholders. It is. Yeah. Um, but it seems like 2K uh, basketball is the only game so far that's announced that they're gonna be charging more, and I assume that's gonna follow because don't they make more than just basketball games? Uh, they do. Yes. So 2K Sports, they have they have this rinky dink baseball game, which, uh, you know, it used to be an actual competitor to MLB The Show. Now it's just like nothing because they, like, they canceled it for a few years. They have uh, they're bringing back 2K football uh, in uh-huh. a couple of years, but that's not there. Uh, th- I think they make a soccer game. I'm going to double check this. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I assume the rest of their games might follow suit with that and not just the sports games, may, maybe, you know, all their games in general. Although it'd be interesting to see if that just that tax applies to uh, their more popular games, because I would assume they sell a shit ton of 2K. Uh, they have uh, NHL and then WWE as well. Oh, that's right. And WWE is the one that's always like trash. Yeah. Well, that's because WWE is trash. <laughs> True. <laughs> but um, it'll. I'll also be interested to see if this is 2K as a whole, because 2K is a very, very large publisher. Oh, if, yeah. If they're doing that for all their games, that's the, that's going to be a lot of games with $70 price tag. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to be the next Grand Theft Auto when that comes out. Yeah. GTA, After they release GTA 5 for the PS6. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I... I think that was actually the perfect way to start that press conference, that PlayStation Do press you? conference. Yes, because it immediately crushed my hopes in the beginning. Like, okay, that's ma- fair. Like, abolish all hope right away. Because then yeah, anything's no. a, anything is good. <laughs> it was the when you wor- say it that yeah. When you say it that way, sure. I guess that does make sense. Because that when I saw that Rockstar logo, I jumped out of my seat. I am not exaggerating. I literally jumped out of my seat. And then I saw I, then I heard Michael's stupid voice. And I was like, oh, come on. And then for the rest of the Don't show, do this to me. Don't the, do this to me. the rest of the show, I was just like, you know, it just 
and immediately said there is nothing groundbreaking. There is no earth. There is no globe being shattered. And it was the perfect way to set expectations. Oh, yeah. Because then everything afterwards, you're like, oh, my God, Spider-Man. Yeah, oh my God, Ratchet and Clank. Then, like, when, yeah, when I saw that, I, like, melted. Yeah. So. I, I agree that that was a good way to start that. But still, I was like, come on, man. Uh, so that's been about an hour, Nick. I think that think it's time that we wrap up and we'll pick up next week i'm i am very i'm gonna watch that xbox event heavy we're gonna Same, ha- i'm gonna have a lot of questions for you after it they're they're heavily teasing halo infinite so i'm excited uh here's here's hoping that we get some gameplay not just another cinematic for sure for sure um well before we sign off um i want to say thank you for those of you who listened to us today um we appreciate this we're gonna try this out for a bit see how it goes see if you like it um we appreciate any and all feedback you want to give be it negative positive amen um the podcast will be available on spotify right yes, sir. spotify um and then possibly more things to come after that uh you can follow bento box gaming on twitter at bento b gaming uh we're on facebook we're on instagram um we just recently ran our Smash tournament for the month, uh, so we'll be back in August with uh, with another one coming soon. Um, if you want to follow me, I am on Twitter at the mechanic. It's at t h e m e c h a n i c k. You'll see me. I, I'll tweet out when I'm streaming games. I stream a lot of Apex right now, uh, and just my general nonsense throughout the day. Like today, I ch- I tweeted out that I had hot Cheeto gelato. Which was ridiculous. I meant to ask about it. How was it? Uh, better than you thought it was gonna be. Like, because uh, it was better than what I thought it was gonna be. Scale one to ten. Um, a seven. I would get it again. Wow, you would get it again. Would, it's not my first choice. It's not my second choice. But like, I would get it again. A hundred percent. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to get this place. Uh, this Strange. business is. What, what was the name of the place? It's uh, called Bagelotti. It's a bagel and gelato place. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Just a ridiculous mismatch of flavors. But Jordan. Yes. Where can the good people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Jordan Malik, J-O-R-D-O-N-M-A-L-I-C-K. I do spell my name with two O's. So be mindful of that. And then You're if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, I... F- find myself far too often get fighting twitter trolls but uh you can still follow me for things about sports and all that at otf jordan as well otf j-o-r-d-o-n and if you are a sports fan uh specifically from the philadelphia area or south jersey area uh you can find my podcast on the fence spelled f-e-n-t-z like carson wentz haha uh where i'll talk about the eagles uh two to three times a week and, you know, just have some fun. Talk about the NFL as a whole as well. I'm a huge football junkie. It was like one of my first loves as a kid, and it always will be. John Madden. Yes. Madden sucks, <laughs> but I'll, I will always play it. I, I won't all always I, buy that's it. That's all I got for <laughs> Again, thank you for listening. And, and until thank you so much. next week, uh, we'll see you later. Bye-bye.